0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to mini episode number eight of Attendance Bias. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. Mini episodes of Attendance Bias feature a breakdown of a single song or a single jam from a show that I've attended. I'll give you a little bit of background about what makes that song or that jam so special to me, and then we'll dive right into it. These mini episodes are posted on a bi-weekly basis in between full episodes of Attendance Bias when a guest and I will go over a full FISH show. Today's mini episode features 46 days from August 7th, 2010 at the Greek Theater in Berkeley, California. Before we get going today, it should be noted that as impressive as 46 days from this run is, today's episode is more about my admiration for the Greek theater than it is about the jam itself. And this three night run was the only time that I've been there and it made a really lasting impression on me. In 2009, my girlfriend at the time and I lucked out, and we won tickets by mail for all four shows at the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. And aside from my journeys to it and Coventry, that was the farthest I'd ever traveled to see fish up to that point. And not only was it fun to go on an adventure for four shows, but the majesty and the natural beauty of Red Rocks provided such a stunning backdrop to the music— that it was almost beside the point what they played, although parts of the run were really excellent and deserve re-listens. And when 2010 came around, my girlfriend began working on her teaching degree, and we decided to plan a summer vacation instead of putting all of our money into fish. Neither of us had ever been to San Francisco before, so we decided to spend a week there. We did a ton of research on hotels and flights, tours, uh, scheduling, etc., and we figured that the best way to go would be the first week of august and as it happened fish announced their summer tour about two weeks after we booked our trip and well wouldn't you know it they were kicking off the second half of the tour at the legendary greek theater in berkeley which turned out to be just a short bart ride from downtown san francisco where we were staying and with just a little bit of luck the ticket gods were with us again in 2010 and we got tickets for all three shows from the lotto We extended our trip by a day and eagerly awaited August. We arrived in San Francisco, and over the course of the week, we hit all the tourist stuff, like Pier 39, the Golden Gate Bridge, Sonoma and Napa, Haight-Ashbury, 710 Ashbury especially, Giants-Dodgers game, Union Square, Chinatown, where I had the most delicious salt-and-pepper chicken wings ever, and of course, in and out And after a week of gallivanting around the city and taking in much of what it had to offer, it was time for us to travel over the bay to Berkeley. And I had never visited Northern California before. I was so stunned at how 60-degree August afternoons in San Francisco would shoot up to the high 80s in Berkeley, which was just 12 miles northeast of the city. Berkeley kind of reminded me of Manhattan's Greenwich Village. It was a small community with lots of independent businesses And this kind of sense of permissiveness was in the air. And on top of that, UC Berkeley is the epitome of a college campus. It had very green grass column supported academic type lecture halls were everywhere. And I just have the sense that when most of us picture college, it's probably the archetype that probably pops into our heads. On top of that, the Greek was and probably still is an entirely GA venue It's obviously great because you can end up sitting wherever you want without any restrictions. But on the other hand, if you're not in line early on the day of the show, you're stuck either up on the lawn way back or toward the floor all the way in the back there. So we arrived at the venue with about two hours before the doors opened. This was the third night of a three-night run. So after kind of messing around the first two nights with our friends and going around Berkeley. The third night, we were just all business, so we got there about two hours before doors, and we got in line and made friends with pretty much everyone around us. Although I was at Red Rocks the previous year, these were my first true West Coast shows, and the differences struck me immediately. First of all, there was far less drinking than I expect compared to East Coast shows. I mean, I don't know if it was because the show was on a college campus, but I don't remember seeing anyone walk past the line with an overflowing red cup or a bottle of anything. Even the couple ahead of us who brought a bottle of wine, they wanted to split it with everybody as opposed to just sharing it between the two of them. My second observation that... People were generally friendlier and more laid back than on the East Coast. Not that any fish show in 2010 was really a rough place, but at the Greek, it felt like people were asking us where we were from, how long we were staying, um, how many shows we've seen. And as opposed to just making small chit chat like you do when you're sitting down before lights, most people seemed genuinely interested in our answers. I mean, we were all just passing time before the doors opened, yes, but the vibe just seemed warmer than what I'm used to. Finally, people were quiet during the music. It was like a revelation. I never realized that collective close listening was possible at a fish show. I'd never experienced it before. And despite some minor travels, I was used to shows at Madison Square Garden or Hartford or the Nassau Coliseum, you know, local Northeast venues where some quiet space was nearly impossible to find. But fans at the Greek, we all wanted to hear the music. It was like a gift I didn't realize I wanted until I had it. The Greek is like about a thousand people less than Red Rocks. I think it has a smaller capacity by about 1,000. But the amphitheater design makes it seem so much more intimate than that capacity would let you know. Because from any single seat in the stands, you could point out any single person in the entire venue. You were never too far from anyone else, and that part just astounded me. Soon after the sun went down a few songs into the first set, Fish played the highlight of the show for me, which was a very ferocious 46 days. 46 Days normally begins with Fishman on the Cowbell, but this time he and Trey seem to play together in a sort of cat and mouse that wasn't as straightforward as the beginning of the song usually is. After the first chorus, Trey took an extended solo. It seemed like he just wanted to tear right into the song and not mess around with his rhythm playing. It should be noted that this run of shows were the first, where Trey played his new Asadok guitar. It was built for him by former Fish soundman Paul Anguidoc. and after night one of the run, Trey explained to the audience how he had been freaking out all night, those are his words, freaking out all night by playing the guitar. And you could hear it in some of these solos where he kind of alternately flies away from the band on his own with sustained notes and then flips right back and rests right in the thick of the sound. That first solo on 46 Days really is amazing. About five minutes in, the band barely comes back for the chorus, and then they jump right back into the pool for more guitar theatrics, and it blew the place apart. It was at this point that confirmed that I was seeing something really special. Even though I usually gravitate toward extended and complex jams, this straight-up rock and roll just completely slayed me. the end, the song kind of just melts into tube, which is a standard version, as was the case in 2010, but I was still processing the rock guitar masterclass that I had just witnessed. Most people probably remember the 2010 Greek run for the space funk version of Cities from Night 2. You know, we know it as the Greek Cities. But even though that's a legitimate way to remember it, because it's surely one of the best jams of that year, In early 3.0, let's say 2009 and 2010, 46 Days, in my opinion, was the most consistent song that the band played. Even though Light had the best jams, for cohesion and power, 46 Days was it. I remember first thinking that when they played it on December 4th, 2009 at MSG. And this version in Berkeley confirmed it. I'm not usually one for guitar theatrics. Long guitar solos, impressive as though they may be, usually bore me. But this one, played during the first set of the final show at an incomparable venue, broke that mold. It caught my attention in a big way, and it brought some of the most energy I've ever remember feeling at a fish show. Next week on Attendance Bias, my guest is Slade Somer, editor in chief of The Recount. The Recount is a video news website that provides short clips of the day's news to help get you caught up on the most important events of the day. Slade chose to talk about Fish's legendary show at the Nassau Coliseum on February 28, 2003. That show needs no introduction, of course, but it does demand discussion and analysis. It was one of my favorite interviews so far, and I hope you give it a listen next week. If you enjoy Attendance Bias, please support the show by leaving a review and a rating on your favorite podcast app of choice, and just tell one other person about the show. Text, talk, or whatever. Spread the word. Thanks again. I am Brian Weinstein, and I hope to see you next week on Attendance Bias.